Morning. My name is Hojin, and I am the young adult pastor here. So, um, yes, we really want you to sign up for the young adult retreat. And announcement that an announcement that didn't make it uh, uh, to Pastor Bill is the men's ministry is planning a, a paintball fellowship. Uh, there's nothing like being mildly violent against each other that brings you like really close uh, to one another. So, if you like to sign up for that, you can do that at the welcoming table. Uh, if you're here for the first or second time, uh, I personally want to welcome you here. You could have chosen any church, but you chose to worship here, especially on kind of a chilly uh, Sunday morning. And again, we have about 120, 125 uh, of our family missing. Uh, we miss them. We're going to pray for them in, in just a moment. Um, but they got together to deepen their understanding and their love for God's Word, and we're praying that that would happen right now as we go into God's Word this morning. So I have a question for you all. When was the last time something was harder than you expected it to be? When was the last time something was harder than you expected it to be? Is there an area of life in which you experienced a little bit of a letdown uh, in your expectations? Maybe you... We're really excited for breakfast. You order something, and it was a little bit of a letdown, even today. Um, for me, and it's going to sound so weird, it's, it's been buying a home. Um, so Ju- Julie, my wife Julie and I, we bought a home a couple, a couple months ago, and don't get me wrong, I'm so grateful, like so grateful, so blessed and pr- privileged to have, have this thing that we can call our own home, but at the same time, it has been more time more energy, uh, less sleep than I ever expected it to be. Uh, We are doing some renovations. It's more money than we expected it to be. And uh, I'm, like, if you know me, I'm borderline, like, hypochondriac, and there's, like, dust everywhere, and, like, I don't know what to do with myself. So it's more chaotic and more dirty than I expected it to be. And on a more serious note, There are probably some of you who are experiencing a little bit of a letdown in different areas of your life. Maybe it's your academic or professional pursuits. Maybe it's an area of physical, emotional, or mental health. Or maybe somebody you know who struggles in those areas. Disappointment maybe in your relationships. Maybe for some of the mamas and dadas, learning how hard it is to, to be a parent. And maybe it's even your relationship with God. We are in our fourth week in our Faith in Real Life sermon series through the book of James. And uh, just going through select passages, we couldn't even touch upon every topic in the book. And what we frame this message series is faith in real life. We want to see that faith in God has to go beyond theory, beyond what's in our minds, and actually show up in our life, in in our actions. And James is writing to Jewish Christians, uh, people who are actually facing persecution and poverty at the time. And life with a relationship with God, all of a sudden, is harder than they expected. Life with a relationship with God led to difficulties and trials that were actually beating them down. And towards the end of this letter, James has a specific message for them. He has a specific message for these believers who are experiencing different sets of struggles and sufferings. So this morning, we want to see that faith in God makes a difference, even in the midst of suffering. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to James chapter 5. 
uh, verses 7 to 11. James chapter 5, verses 7 to 11. And if you're using your phones, uh, please open up your apps. Um, we just ask that for just a few minutes, for about 30 minutes, that you would set aside social media, maybe even go into airplane mode with the hopes that God has a message for you. If you don't have your Bibles, you can read along with me on the screen, starting from verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Verse 10, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray before we continue. Uh, Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you that it's your word. And with 123 of our church family up at Pilgrim Pines, they, want to, they, they went to experience your word that is sweeter than honey. We want to experience that type of sensation as we dig a little bit deeper. We can't go to the fullest depths of your word, but in this brief time, we ask that you would speak to us, that we would get a glimpse of your heart, your ability, your character. And thank you that it's through your word that we're invited to meaningful relationship with you. It's through your word that we can experience transformation. And for all of us here, whether we know you through salvation or not, we pray that your Holy Spirit, just like we sang earlier, would work powerfully to reveal more and more of who you are and who Jesus is. To strengthen us at this time, may you be exalted and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, James is writing to believers who are experiencing difficulties. They're experiencing persecution, poverty, and to make matters worse, they're starting to get angry at each other. Pastor Danny last week talked about the, the slander that was happening within the community, the disunity that they were experiencing because life was getting so hard with their circumstances. So how does faith make a difference in the midst of our sufferings? How does faith, if indeed it is real, right? If God is real, if Jesus is who all of Scripture says he is, how does this faith impact our experience and our approach to real life struggles and suffering? In James 5 verse 8, this is what he writes. He says, be patient and stand firm. Be patient and stand firm. And this might be really weird to hear from a pastor, but I'm going to be transparent. When I first read this passage, when I initially read this passage, I felt like this was a non-answer to struggles and suffering. Be patient and stand firm. My gut reaction was, is James telling us to do nothing? That doesn't address pain. That doesn't address the frustration and confusion, the difficulty, the weight that I experience when I suffer. But the more and more I read and studied this passage, I realized that these 
words and these commands are much more rich than I could have ever realized. Being patient and standing firm, at least in the way that the Bible defines it, is definitely not a command to be passive in our suffering. It's definitely not a command to just deal with it. It's a a very robust command. Patience, here's a definition of patience. Patience is defined as a long-suffering attitude. That is an attitude of waiting and, and perseverance, willing to go through anything. And standing firm is defined as strong, determined fortitude needed in difficult circumstances. So patience is long-suffering attitude, and standing firm is strong, determined fortitude needed in difficult circumstances. So when James is saying, be patient and stand firm, he is encouraging those who are suffering right now to exhibit great strength. And you might be surprised as to why patience and standing firm is such a strong attribute. So this morning, we want to look at why we can, uh, and I'm going to combine the commands and call it patient endurance, why we can have patient endurance in our suffering, why we can have patient endurance in our suffering. And uh, I believe we're given two reasons for our patient endurance. And before we get to those reasons, uh, I know that some of us are probably suffering, real suffering, whether it's personally or within our family, things that are going on in our lives. I hope that today God has a word for you. For others of us, we, we may not be suffering, but in this life, we're likely to experience our share of frustrations and pains. And if we just take a moment to open our eyes and broaden our perspective, we know that we live in a world that is suffering much. We know that there are people and communities who are suffering a lot of different injustices and brokenness, struggles and suffering. So this call to be patient and to stand firm, I think, extends to every single one of us here. So two reasons. Reason number one, why we can have patient endurance is that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back Again, we can have patient endurance in the midst of suffering because Jesus is coming back again. In verses 7 and 8, James writes the command twice. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. And then in verse 8, you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The word coming there is the Greek word parousia, which often refers to Jesus' second coming. His first coming was what we celebrate in Christmas and Advent. His second coming is when he's going to complete everything he started when he first came to earth. And to give us a sense of how we should wait for his second coming, James gives us this image of a farmer sandwiched between the commands. He says, see how the farmer waits for the the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. And then you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming near. If there was anyone in James' time who knew or had to experience being patient and standing firm, it was farmers in that particular area of the world. Farmers were completely dependent upon factors outside of their control. These seasonal rainfalls in 
in uh, the autumn and in the spring were critical for the harvest. These farmers whose entire survival banked on the quality and quantity of their crops had to be patient, and they had to stand firm. And they were unable to make it rain. They had to anticipate. They had to expect that the right rain would come at the right time. So James uses this image of a farmer that's being patient, I think, to show us and to give us the takeaway that patience is not a passive inactivity. It's not doing nothing. Patience is, at least for farmers, they wait for the rain by taking all and all of the necessary preparations of planting the crop, tending the land, harvesting at its proper time. Farmers stand firm by taking all the necessary and required actions, expecting it to rain. They're assuming it's going to rain. They don't know when. They don't know how. They don't know, like, how much. But they're assuming it, and they're acting accordingly. They don't need 100% certainty, but they're taking action. Patient endurance in the midst of suffering means, like the farmer, we have to take action in the areas of our control. A lot of us know what we should be doing. A lot of us know, especially if we've been in the faith, the type of lifestyle, the type of um, attitude and posture we need in this life. Patient endurance in the midst of suffering is to assume that everything the scriptures promises to us will come to be. We don't know how. We don't know when. We don't have 100% certainty. But whatever's in our control, we're going to take action. Patient endurance also means that we have to take action in the areas outside of our control. In the areas where only God can do what he, says, what he says he will do. Take actions and take preparations. And specifically, this, this idea of Jesus coming back again, we need to, to gain a, a bigger appetite for it. In Revelation 21, we get a glimpse of what Jesus' second coming is going to look like. This is John talking about what he's seeing, this image, this revelation he's receiving from God. Verse 3, John writes, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be, will, God himself will be with them as their God. And to our suffering, verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's what we're looking ahead to. And we live a lot of times knowing in our heads that Jesus is coming back, but in our actions, right, faith in real life, it doesn't show. Because if Jesus indeed is coming back again, either Jesus is going to come back right now, and he's going to bring an end to all the suffering, all the pain, all the frustration we experience in our lives and in the world, or he's going to come back later, but in the meantime, God is at work in and through you, even in suffering. And Jesus promises to vindicate anything that you're experiencing in terms of mistreatment, injustice, and brokenness. That's what Jesus' second coming promises to us. 
But when we forget that Jesus is coming again, when we live like Jesus isn't going to come back for a while, we start to 